0: Robert stage and studio on arts watch illuminating time that title can mean a time that can be illuminating to a person or a time period that is bright with illumination like during the holiday season but in this case illuminating time is the name of an exhibit that features three veteran visual artists alex chu Shuju ju wang and sam rojas chua The exhibit at the Portland Chinatown Museum, running until January 2023, was created by a consummate public art and installation artist himself, Horatio Law. He was the recent recipient of a Creative Heights Award and used his grant to create the show. It's my pleasure to welcome both Horatio Law and Alex Chu to stage and studio on Artswatch. It's so great to talk with both of you. How are you guys doing?
1: Good. Good. Thank you. Yeah, I'm doing well.
0: (laughs) Well, Alex, I've been wanting to interview you for a while, so I'm glad we could make this work. I've really admired your murals all over town. (laughs) And I see your work, and I follow you on on Facebook, too. But Horatio, I want to start with you, because I've known your work for so many years, and it's always astounding to me the large-scale vision that you have for your public art and the creative thought that you put into your installation art. I was wondering, what was your motivation to create an exhibit that's a little bit smaller on scale, you know, when you think about your work at the Chinatown Museum right now with three amazing artists? So what what made you want to create this particular show?
1: A few years ago, before the Chinatown Museum actually opened, I have a discussion with the previous executive director of Portland Chinatown Museum, Jackie Peterson. And we always have this dream that we could bring artists into a history museum. For me, in order for history to come alive, we need contemporary artists to look at the material and interpret it in a way that that can be understandable in our own time. So we have always wanted to uh, incorporate some kind of artist residency, residency program, and we try a different grant and for whatever reason they didn't come through and then someone alerted us to the Creative Heights grant which I normally thought it would be for individual artists work in this case it's not about my work it's about me and the museum creating a program that has its own life in a way And hopefully it will also continue after this grant period is over. So we we applied for the grant. We received the grant for a two-year. We'll bring in three artists. Each artist will spend eight weeks in the museum. And from those experiences, each artist will create work and wind up showing in the artist residency show, which we're having right now. For me, as an artist, it's not just about one particular medium or one Particular idea, but really about how one lives as an artist. In this case, one—I am a Chinese American. I'm also an artist, so I felt very excited about seeing the Chinese American history being being absorbed by, experienced by newer artists, and continue the idea that embody in this history.
0: I, I was sort of playing around with your title, Illuminating Time, but for you, what does it mean?
1: Well, it's actually exactly what you have thought of. You were very good, <laughs> Dine. Actually, we have a discussion to three resident artists, and I propose a few ideas, and they have responded to it and some proposal back, and one of the ideas is Illuminating Time, and we sort of all agree that that is, uh, eventually we'll all agree that that's the, the best title for the show uh, being that each artist has picked something through their experience with the Chinatown Museum exhibition and they basically when they explore and they do their own research and they uncover and a lot of history and a lot of information and in a way that's why I felt that they're illuminating the history itself but it's history in the particular time that they are each are interested in in certain aspect of it so it is in a literal way they illuminating the time that they were interested in
0: is the time being their personal history
1: no a time being where they what particular point in the changed american history in portland and in oregon where they find themselves attracted to. For uh, uh, Alex here, uh, he was very interested in the contemporary aspect of it and how to connect and reconnect with the community, being that uh, the Chinese community is no longer living in Chinatown. So he is looking at his time and how he wants to illuminate that, what's happening right now. Uh, For Sam Rojas, who, Sam Rojas Chu. Uh, he was very interested in the, the story and the energy or essence that is embedded in material, in objects and artifacts so and place. So for him, he was very interested in actually get to the various um, places in Oregon where there were Chinese-American history. And he does this re- research and connected with a lot of archaeologists along the way, and he was working on, on site, collecting material, which ultimately become part of the material he used in his calligraphy for the exhibition.
0: Well, I was also going to interject there that, you know, one of those places was Cam Chung in John Day, Oregon, that he did some sound recordings. I don't know if he's he's doing ambient recordings for the exhibit itself. Was that part of it too?
1: I think so. But he'd done, yeah. he, there was a lot of things that he included in this show. So you, have to, you just have to come down and take a look I know. <laughs> and experience <laughs> it. Yeah,
0: I know. <laughs> And also Shuju, what is what is her time period that she's illuminating?
1: She is moving along in a way that he's, she's not very concerned with uh ecology and now and now how it affected. It. So for her, she was very interested in how the Chinese American farmer during the turn of the century who was who were living in Portland and supplying Portland were produced from their own farm near the goose hollow area that's where tannock creek is and was but the tannock creek is now being covered up And so she want to through her research and sort of uncover it for us and let us experience the flow of the water in a different way
0: so i love that you you are covering a vast amount of Portland Chinese history, you know, or Oregon Chinese history within this art show. And, you know, to bring us up to more contemporary times, Alex, what is the time period that you're covering?
2: I feel like I came into this project from sort of a different angle. I had been communicating with the museum for several years, maybe a couple of years since 2020 about being an exterior mural for the museum. And it was a very ambitious goal and it had to do with the theme of the museum. So I was researching the museum's website and their goal and aim was to highlight the present past and future of Portland's Chinatown. So that's a theme that I wanted to approach, but it's a very ambitious goal because it takes a lot of, I guess, history that I have to begin to uncover and understand. When Horatio approached me to do the residency, the Creative Heights grant was asking that we challenge ourselves to expand our medium and try different things. And throughout the process of mural making, I've always included the community as part of the process. And I really wanted to challenge myself to focus specifically on community engagement. So I spent the time outreaching and to, to do my own research about the history of Chinatown through members of the community. So it wasn't necessarily, I believe originally the, the residency was asking that we explore the content of the exhibit itself. But for me, because of the situation that I was in, I really wanted to find out more about community engagement and input about what people in the Chinatown area, people in the Chinese community would like to see in a mural or what, what would come about of my, my research. So I originally started off talking with the historian Jennifer Fang, and she gave me a pretty concise breakdown of the different organizations, different individuals who were involved in the community, who I knew already, and who she wanted me to look into in terms of finding out more information about specifically Old Town Chinatown. And... I began compiling a list of people that I should reach out to. And then also it gave me the opportunity to reach out to people of Chinese descent that I've known as I've lived in Portland. So I've lived in Portland for about 10 years and we're, we're settled here. We're raising a family and we have a home, but I really want to have the opportunity to just get to know people that I've already known in the community. But under this kind of cultural, Um, Umbrella. So it was a great opportunity to just get to know my friends better. So half of the people I interviewed were to understand Old Town better, and then to understand their role in Old Town as a community leader, and then also to understand, just to get to know some of the folks that I've already known and, and have a chance to sit down and chat with them. So that it's not necessarily a time period, but that's how I approached my project. And
0: I said earlier that I've been an admirer of your mural work because, you know, they're huge and they really are personal. And they really capture a lot of personal storytelling in a way with people that we actually know, <laughs> you know, or don't know. And they're, it's very much community profile driven. And I'm wondering what... You know, how are you converting that big canvas, such as the side of a building that you have, you know, that you have worked on before into an exhibit that's more personal and intimate in the space of the Chinatown Museum?
2: Yeah, that was that was difficult for me because I didn't think of it. Well, I I was doing research for a mural, but I was figuring out how to present my conversations. And the uh, In a sense, I always felt like I needed to compensate people for their time. And that's something that I've been um, thinking about in terms of community engagement. Like, how do I make it worth someone's time to invest in the project and invest in me as an artist? And my thought was, if they spend their time with me, I'll give them a, a drawing in exchange. That That's what I can offer them. And because it became so personal, and because the project evolved, I started making profiles on all of the people that I was interviewing. I, I learned about their history, and I got a lot of. Um, I did a lot of research on each individual, and I ended up deciding to to do portraits of each person that I interviewed. And then my goal was to exhibit those portraits, and then and then give them to the the folks that I interviewed in the end. And a bigger part of the project and what I'm working on right now, and I'm the, the opening hasn't happened, I'm still putting it together, but I'm creating a publication with all of the drawings that I've done of the people that I've interviewed. And then I'm gonna write a short bio just to introduce folks to the community members that I've interviewed. So there's a little bit of a bigger picture to it. And I come from a publishing background. So I started my career doing zines, zines and comics. So um, publishing was something that I did. And I used illustrations as a form of storytelling. And I, and I feel like this really falls into that tradition where I'm creating these profiles and able to tell a bigger story about the community through these individuals that I've, I've reached out to. But also because I was given the space, and freedom to do whatever I wanted to, I did incorporate my mural work into the exhibit. So I, I, I became very fond of the Chinatown gate. It, it, I, I spent some time looking at it and studying it, and I, it's really an amazing piece of artwork. And I remember looking at it with a friend, Nick Lee. I actually did a profile on Nick Lee for this project. He's a sign painter, a second generation sign painter his, his father is Melvin Lee and he I was eating lunch with him in Chinatown and he asked me if I knew what the phrase said in Chinese that was on the on the gate and it says um I think it it, it the translation is say say ho yat ka is that correct say ho yat ka. and uh, what that means is four oceans one family and I really liked that I felt like it was very poetic and as a second generation Chinese American person, to think that um, I have people that I consider can consider family in different places is meaningful to me because I moved here from California 10 years ago. And I think the dynamics of California transplants is kind of an interesting experience here in Portland. I feel like there's a, like a negative connotation to people moving here from California and in in a strange way, I I I feel like I needed to prove myself. Or there's always been this need to feel like I I I belong here. And even after being here for ten years, every conversation is like, "Oh, where are you coming from?" Or where do, you know, are you are you originally from Portland? And It's like, no, I'm from California. It's like, oh, you're from California. So I think that there's something interesting about being invited by Horatio to do this residency and being able to have Chinese Americans open up to me and be open, up, open to this project and also allow me to be an artist in Portland and, and give me that recognition. And it really helped me feel a sense of belonging where I've been fighting for that the whole time I've been here. And, and I do think that this project has helped me feel a better sense of belonging here as a, as a Chinese American person.
0: I just have to say, I've had this this conversation a lot as a longtime resident. I, I, I grew up in Oregon from the age of 10. You know, I've never felt like I belonged anywhere either. And I have these conversations with BIPOC people who've moved to Oregon. And I always feel like I'm an outsider, I could be living here for 10 years, and I can still feel like an outsider. And there's something about that. There's something about Oregon, where if you haven't like been born and raised in Oregon and don't have generational families in Oregon. I think most everybody feels like they're an outsider. So don't feel alone because I think everybody kind of feels that way. And it's just something, I don't know if that's unique to this state or what, but yeah, there is is that feeling. So I I love that you're explaining your, your thought process here in creating your exhibit and the personal portraits. I also love the fact that you are giving back I mean, you give back through community engagement with the murals, but also personally for each person that you've talked with, you're giving them. A portrait that you created and I think that has a, a great deal of meaning. Earlier you showed Horatio a portrait that you were doing of Horatio and I could see Horatio's face. I wonder, Horatio, how did that make you feel when Alex said he was working on this portrait of you?
1: <laughs> well, I never liked to see my own face so any portrait is like okay. <laughs> But I do see like the 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 image that Alex is working from is a little bit older, several several years older, and I can see that my face have changed over. There's even within that short period have changed, and so. But you know, I have to remind myself and also, you know, the the residents that uh, the Chinatown Museum is uh, about history of uh, Chinese American, the, the Chinese diaspora, diaspora and uh, Chinese migrant. We have to keep thinking that history is, to, is the continuum. Um, it's not just about the past. Uh, we are making history. Just the, the period that Alex uh, took that first picture of me five years ago, and then now compared to now, uh, he is marking history as my history that he is marked. So, so we have to think that we are continually creating history because the king in the turn of the century uh, were from only a region of China. And over the years, especially in the last 40, 50 years, there are different ways of migration from different parts of China from Taiwan, from Southeast Asia, from uh, Pacific Islands, so on and so forth. And um, each of these groups are making history. And we need to be conscious that um, history is a continuum. Because when we talk about history, we always think about the past. But we are making history right at this moment. So uh, that's why Alex's work is really important to me.
0: Well, I think that in general, an artist is capturing a moment of time, you know, no matter what they're doing, because they are expressing what they're feeling at that time and putting that into their project. So I I was also wondering, Alex, you mentioned that you started doing publishing work and zine work and, you know, more graphic art type, graphic novel type work. I'm wondering, what was your impetus to take that leap to go to paint with a large canvas. What, do you remember that first project?
2: Yeah. I've dabbled in the medium of mural work for a while now. I'm trying to figure out how to describe my artistic history. I was very much inspired by public art. <laughs> so I, I, I drew on things. <laughs> so I kind of have a history of drawing pictures on bus stop benches. And I never consider myself an artist necessarily, or at least like I didn't feel like I was allowed to really be an artist, but I had a lot of passion for it. This was my experiment. I was always a cartoonist and I would consider myself a doodler, but I um I would doodle on bus benches and after a while, you know, everyone who uses the bus uses the same routes, but it just became the iconography of the of the town. And when I met my wife, well, my now wife, she was also in in some art classes in, in the school that I was going to. She realized who I was by what I was drawing. And she's like, I've seen your work before. And I was like, "Oh, really, you've seen my work?" And then she opened up her sketchbook, and in her sketchbook, she copied one of the small characters that I used to draw on 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 bus benches and there was something about that 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 I mean it ended up leading to a relationship, it, you know, good friendship. It ended up you know we're we're married, so that that's a big story about like my origin into art making. And then, so I, and in, in general, I I created artwork and whenever I was given a chance to paint a wall, it was, it was a big thing for me, the scale of it, like how it affects people. I was a, I was a big fan of mural work. So when I came to Portland, um, I created a portfolio of my mural work before I used to do cartooning. So I had a lot of strange cartoon characters that I like to create. And I created a portfolio and submitted it to Rack to be a part of the mural roster. And it, and it got accepted. I also was able to be on a panel for Rack. And it was this archive of paperwork, like people art, small pieces on paper. And and I, I remember looking through 300 or like maybe 400 submissions. And we had to look at all these submissions of public artwork and see which ones we wanted to add to the collection. And in my mind, I was like, wow, like I don't handle art like this. I I saw local histories. I saw things that had to do with location. I I saw things that kind of documented the history of Portland, things that have come and gone, and just different ways that people handle it. And it really inspired me to, to see my city in a certain way and to see where I'm at in a certain way. And then at the time also, I was raising a daughter. I was a stay-at-home dad, and the elections were happening. The, the 2016, basically the Trump <laughs> elections were, were happening, and it was really a difficult time for me because it was challenging my perspective of being a child of an immigrant family or being in a Chinese American BIPOC family and trying to understand my my role in society. So I was given the opportunity eventually to apply for a mural for TriMet at the 82nd Avenue Transit Stop. And this has become a very like important story for me. But I switched into wanting to represent communities of color and to highlight folks in the community who um Affected my family and affected, it helped me raise my kids and were just a part of our lives. And I did research to learn about community leaders. And when I was finished, I went out through a lot of different emotions and a lot of different interactions with people. But people were very grateful to be able to be represented and given, given the opportunity to be seen in the mural. So they would take pictures next to the mural that they're at. Some individuals appreciated it more than others. So some of them every year they would take pictures of themselves next to the picture of themselves and people interacted with these images in different ways. But it was one of those things where I was like, "Oh, this gives art more meaning for me because it used to just be an escapist practice where I created my own imagery and my own world to live in by myself, like to escape from the whole world." But um to be able to do community work and see how people appreciated it and, and really felt like it was important and significant to them it was something where it's like if I spent my whole life just trying to paint everyone I've met as a thank you for being a part of my life or being a part of my experience here, that would be a, a great goal of mine. So that's how I've approached public art since then.
0: Wow. That was a lot. That was a lot that you just said, because you took us from probably one of the most romantic stories that I've heard as far as with your wife, you know, soon to be wife. And I, I I could just dine on that alone, that story, that that's beautiful, to being a, more of a solitary artist, to having this entree into a community, to many, multiple communities, through creating using the city as your canvas, essentially, and creating this art. So that was quite the journey that you just took us on. Thank you for that, Alex. <laughs> I I love that. And I also wonder, you know, you, you mentioned that you're working on a mural now. What can we see in the future out in the city?
2: In my neighborhood... I've been trying to represent East Portland a little bit more. It seems like there has been more attention on that area. And it's just an area of Portland that just hasn't been had a lot of attention in the past. And there's a lot of goals to try to uplift East Portland and understand its cultural makeup. There's a lot of Immigrant families, refugees, a lot of people who struggle with poverty in the area, and it's a very eclectic area. But I was hired by the Midway Business Association to do a mural on 122nd and Powell. I've been exploring that neighborhood, and it's the neighborhood that I live in. So we, we've lived there for, we've lived in the Southeast for our whole time being here, but we lived in, moved into outer East Portland about eight years ago. And right now we're living near the Midland Library, near 122nd and Division. So I'm going to be creating a mural next to our home and um, really highlighting community leaders. And specifically, there's a woman, Leisha, who who works for the Division Midway Alliance. But I want to highlight her work and because she, she represents a lot of immigrant and refugees populations and vulnerable populations. And I, I appreciate her work. But also other other community leaders. So that's that's a big one I've been thinking about.
0: When we talk about representation in art, too, like uh, for instance with theater, you know, having faces that look like yours represented on stage, you're also doing the same thing of representation of community people that may or may not get any kind of spotlight, you know. So, yeah, kudos to you for that. That's going to be very personal for you, especially since it's near where you live, right? And you're talking to neighbors and, you know, people that maybe you shop with, you know, and just walk down the street. So, so Horatio, I want to ask you the same thing about what's coming up for you. But before that, what is it that you want people to know about these three artists that you selected as part of your Creative Heights Award residency at Portland Chinatown Museum. What would you? What do you want people to know about them?
1: I was looking at their approach to art, some traditional, but actually most are not. I was looking for artists who were willing to take risk, li- willing to leave the comfort zone and try something different, willing to really delve into history, and be immersed with it. And so, the, so that's kind of how I operate. I when I saw Alex work, and I and also later on, we also talked about Alex maybe doing is doing a project for the museum, the mural on the outside. We're talking about past, present, and future, which is the tall order. And and but Alex really just jumped right into it, and we we have action and and kind of had a bit of understanding how he thinks, how, how he sees the community. That really impressed me. And with Suju, her idea of how to connect the, our community, the Chinese community, to ecology, to, to how, how farmland was used, how the river was used, that's an aspect that people don't think about very much when you think about Chinese history in Oregon, in Portland. That really impressed me, but I didn't really know what she was gonna do. But I, I, from my conversation, she was interested in finding something else. She is moving from her uh, previous work to looking more into ecology. And so I thought that would be a very interesting fit for Suju to be part of this project. And with Sam, he was a, he is a, a poet by training but if you look at sam's social media and you know he has publications uh, on his poems he does workshops all over the states and also all over the country but his approach to poetry is very fresh and very new he is multi disciplinary he when you go to his reading is is more than just reading his work it's more than a performance he has a ability to draw you into experience his own words and feelings. It's is a very special skill. He has tons of fans in, in the Portland area. But I understand that Sam is able to and have interest in tackle many different medium. And I was very excited to see like what would this poet do? when he is introduced to this history.
0: And So what's coming up next for you? Because you're always doing some big public art installation
1: work. That's interesting. I just finished one big project. It's the Seattle's Ace Memorial in Cal Anderson Park in Seattle. And that took about three years of my life. And (laughs) I have a a couple more public art projects that is coming up next year. But I'm actually... Very excited about a very traditional art project that I've been doing the last three years, started just before the pandemic shut down. And I think you interviewed me over that. It's the Urban Study photographic series that I'm posting on Instagram and Facebook. And that has not only saved my life during the pandemic, but allowed me to go back to the origin of my own work, even though I was trained as a printmaker in school, in co- art colleges. And after that, I started doing installation and then public art eventually. But when you go back, I always have used photography as part of the image, you know, but it's never strict photography. This project really just allowed me to take strict photograph using my cell phone in my daily walk or Every few days, walk, and intensified during the pandemic because you couldn't do anything else. So I was able to spend a lot of time outdoors. Supposed to be giving me exercise, but I was so interested in photographing at that point that the walking was just excuse for me to take photograph. But what it allowed me is to really explore Portland in depth. Even though I live in Portland almost thirty years now, there are many neighborhoods I haven't been to or haven't spent time. And also this project really is talking about not only just taking a snapshot, even though they look like snapshot, but it's it's about an experience from my own perspective of, of having frequent these places over and over again. And then one moment I capture something because I see that this is out of ordinary for that ordinary place. And I've tried to bring that feeling to other people to look at. So that is ongoing. So it's very satisfying and really worked a different part of my brain, so to speak.
0: No, I remember that that you'd started during the pandemic and uh, these walking tours. You gave us walking tours of Portland. But then I've seen on your Instagram and Facebook too that you sometimes do it in other parts of the state or I think you didn't you go to Europe recently and I, I saw some urban studies from different countries i believe
1: yes now there's urban study in palm springs when i visit my brother urban study on the coast even because part of living in the urban space is you get to run away sometimes and oregon allows you that so
0: i know that you had talked about maybe putting it into a book sometime are you still thinking about something like that or an exhibit of its own
1: I am starting to getting exhibitions. And so I'm really excited that I'm going back to exhibiting in gallery or wanted to exhibit some of this work in gallery. But I am thinking some kind of a book, but I just don't want it to be just a coffee table book. I want it to really be a different kind of book. And I'm not sure what it is yet. So I just kind of, Pause my urban study with Portland and the Portland Dois series to kind of contemplate what I would do with these images. I have accumulated 2,000 urban study Portland images and about a 1,000 Portland Dois images. So it might come out as some kind of a book, it might come out uh, as a deck of cards or something interesting. I don't know yet.
0: A deck of cards, 2,000. That's a lot, too.
1: <laughs> well, I don't think I would do all 2,000. It <laughs> It'll be a selected group.
0: Well, maybe Alex can help you with that since he has a background in publishing, too. I mean, you know, I, I think everybody, you know, I, everybody that kind of hangs out with everybody, especially with, with you 2 talents, it's, it's almost like, oh, I get to collaborate with you just by talking with you, <laughs> you know? So what a pleasure. Uh, is there anything that you w- want to give any final thoughts, either of you, on the exhibit?
2: I, I just want to say I think that this exhibit was really well curated the exhibit is really interesting to me. Like the different aspects of how other people approached their exhibit really inspired me to meet someone like Sam who's way more intuitive and in touch with his own ex- self-expression and then how he experiments with with materials and everything has such personal meaning to it. It's It's really been inspiring me to think outside of just drawing and painting. So it's, I really enjoyed that. Shuju's piece, it's like, it took a while for it to install. It was a very ambitious piece that's a marble run. And, and I wouldn't expect this, it, it, it's very playful, but to experience it, it's, it's, it's an instrument. The way that the marbles roll, simulates nature but also it's just so the audio of it is so interesting that you really experience it in a different level so to have all these different artists together i almost feel like i did it such in a traditional way that i was like oh i wish i did more but um i i did put a lot into it but i'm glad i got to work with these different artists that inspired me in such a rich way. So it wasn't just being stuck in the same category with other artists who do the same thing. It was very, a very unique experience. And I'm, I've become very good friends with both Sam and Shuju. So I I really appreciate the way that these artists have been open to collaboration and community, like really, like coming together and
1: doing these things together. So I I feel like really good bond and kinship with the other artists as well. From the first time that I brought the three artists together at the beginning of the residency, they were just really feeding off each other. They were so excited when they started talking about idea. And that's why I like to see, you know, how, how different artists we are gather around this same table, this Portland Chinatown Museum, and they are applying their creative energy and feeding off each other. And that's just a wonderful sight to to ex- see and to experience. And the exhibition really sort of reflect that, even though they're doing very three very different things, but there's this energy to go back and forth. And what it does also is to expand the museum, the permanent exhibition, that open space in the lobby, they go into another small space in the office, in the corridor. It's like double... The museum size and the experience for just this artwork takes hours. I mean, you can go from Sam's to Alex to Suju. You can at least spend a couple of hours easily if you want to try to see what's going on and understand it. And then combine it with the history that is already featured in the museum itself. It's a very, very full experience. And that's really, make me happy to see that happen.
0: You can catch Illuminating Time now through part of January of 2023. See the details at PortlandChinatownMuseum.org. So it, it's open now. Take a look, everyone. Horatio Law and Alex Chu, it's been an illuminating time with both of you. Thank you for joining me today on Stage and Studio on Arts Watch.
1: Thank you, Dime. Yeah, thank you very much.
0: You can find links to the artists and the exhibit or hear this show again at StageAndStudio.org or orartswatch.org. That's it for Sage and Studio. Till the next conversation, I'm d Lo Roberts.